0: This is At-Risk Radio. Welcome to At-Risk Radio, where we talk about leadership in the persecuted church internationally. I'm your host, Mark Stafford, and today I'm here with Russell Stendahl. Russell is a missionary in Latin America, and he's the director of SOM International in Latin America. Now, Russell... You were telling me that you've been working with uh, tribal people in Latin America for many, many years, the Koji's, the Payas, and dozens of other tribes. What does it look like for a tribal person to get the gospel for the first time? How does that transform their village?
1: Well, it won't start by transforming the village. It will start, though, by maybe transforming a family. <laughs> and uh, then what happens is everybody else gangs up on them. And tries to kick them out of the village because um, it threatens the status quo. And that's where the persecution comes from. That's where the persecution comes from. Mm. It it used to be, you know, that maybe they'd get their house burned down. Maybe they still would. Or maybe they'd get taken and put into a torture chamber with stocks and uh, the equivalent of the old Spanish Inquisition machines to pull your arms and legs out of their sockets.
0: They still do that in places? So it's dangerous. It's literally dangerous Extremely to become a Christian yeah. in, in these areas. And you're putting your, not just your life at risk, but even being uh, intimidated with a threat of torture uh, with these middle age devices. And stocks, you know, that are designed to like crush your ankle bones.
1: It's hard to find Christians that don't have a lot of scars, physical scars.
0: So persecution seems to be coming more intense. In these areas, so so give us an example of a tribe that's been utterly transformed by the gospel. Is there one of the tribes that you've worked with that you've seen them go from being a very secular kind of uh, culture to being transformed by the gospel, and then uh, see the fruit from the gospel in their village? Well, a lot of tribes have at least
1: you know ten percent Christians, which is a huge turning point. Hmm. But some of them are starting to have like twenty-five or thirty percent, which means that you're actually going to have Christians in the government. Like in one of these tribes, uh, you know, they went under just about continual persecution of every kind of persecution you can imagine, not just from within, but also from all kinds of outside factors, for over 80 years, until the vice governor
0: of the tribe got converted. And then that's what ended the persecution. Eighty years of persecution. And, uh And I think there has to be other tribes that are also suffering from decades of persecution Mm -hmm. like that. And they need encouragement. They need somebody to come alongside them and tell them to keep their eyes focused on Christ and to keep moving forward. And what kind of tools are you guys helping them with?
1: And see, it would be good, you know, if all of the stories were positive, but they're not all positive. You know, there's cases where somebody went in there and made... um, Boarding school in the name of God and ended up um, abusing kids and uh, you know stuff like that comes out and causes uh, and rightfully so causes a lot of rejection and so um, the the footprint of um, missions and missionaries has not always been squeaky clean and so um, but there are a few places places in the world and one of them is among uh, the pious Indians in uh, southwestern Colombia, where I haven't been able to find, you know, any serious mistakes that were made by the missionaries that went ahead of us, and one of those reasons for that is that the persecution was so intense that even the missionaries themselves couldn't spend very long. In there, among the people, you know, they might have got been able to get in there for a year or two or three, and then would always be forced out because of all of the overwhelming violence that was going on, in the middle of a multi-sided civil war, plus other factors, including the narcotics industry and and uh, many 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 other things. And so, Latin America has always had a lot of polarizing factors, and politics has not been uh, you know um, an easy thing politics is in most in a lot of countries is a blood sport Mm -hmm. and um, you can wander in there as a foreigner and and make some friends uh, you know that are political and not realize that yeah you just made some really good friends but now all their enemies are your enemies Mm -hmm. and they're going to be very very ruthless
0: enemies so, tell me this, Russell. Um, a lot of our listeners are supporting missionaries in various places in the world. How would they find a missionary in Latin America that they could trust, that isn't going to go in and do something that is um, against the gospel, but that's going to come in with really a true, pure message of the gospel? How do they find those kind of missionaries? Well, Jesus said you know them by their fruit.
1: And the fruit he's talking about is godly character. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when when you find um, organizations that are project-oriented, results-oriented, and they're defining the results in an impersonal manner, um, we got to take a step back and, and look and see how are they treating individuals, you know? Because Jesus focused on people, mm-hmm. and that's where he wants us to focus. Uh, you know, it, we're not there to impose a... A given um, theology or or a given, um, even though those things may be important and have their place, but when we go as missionaries,
0: we're there to reach people and to touch hearts. So you want to go there and and love people, reach people, show people the love of Christ. And when we get back after this break, we're going to talk about more about how uh, some of the efforts of SLM International and others are uh, taking the gospel into places like Colombia and Venezuela and beyond and using it to not just plant programs, not just do projects, but to reach the heart of people with the gospel. In our partnership with SOM International is working to bring two million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm in the studio with David Witt. Now, David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. SOM International's vision is to serve leaders who are risking much for Jesus. So, David, tell me a little bit about your heart for those who are risking much for the sake of the gospel.
2: Yeah, it's always great to come right after Russell spent spend time with him because he z- exemplifies so much of our heart and what we're doing. The Our mission statement, the way we like to state it, is internationally serving leaders who risk much for Jesus. And so as we just heard, uh, you know, what Russell's doing, going into the tribal people what he's specifically talking about it and how much they've suffered for the Lord. He's talked about people his age, really, that'd be 50 and above who have scars from the days when they first came to Christ. I mean, that was seen as a threat to the Native American belief system down there and the politics, and so they were tortured and suffered great loss. And uh, it reminds me of Paul talking about, for I bear the marks of Christ on my body, or the scars of Christ on my body.
0: I thought it was unbelievable what he was saying, That people are being tortured with like these medieval devices that just blows my mind. It doesn't seem like something that's really real in this day and age, but it's real down there and people are really risking much for the gospel.
2: Yeah, that's right. And so that's our heart around the world that we're focused on the areas that are restricted. And the 40% of the world that's unreached by the gospel, a lot of people are aware
0: of that. So 40% of the world is unreached by the gospel. Tell me more about that, because I keep hearing that most of the world is reached. We only have a couple of pockets left. 40% seems yeah. an, like an incredible number.
2: I know it is. its is. We're so unaware because this is so Christianized in United States, North America, and Europe. But the Joshua Project, that's their ministry and focus is kind of following those numbers and they've looked in the areas that they that is under five percent would identify at all as Christians, under two percent evangelicals. They have really looked at it and been able to determine by many different factors that that's just not enough to have a witness and a presence and access to the gospel. So there's there might be a few Christians in those nations, but nobody could get a Bible. They've never heard the gospel. There's not radio broadcasts in their own language. You can't necessarily go on the Internet and hear the gospel, so you can just multiply the problem there. And that's where our heart is. And so as we brought up, we look for leaders that God has qualified. They've grown up in these nations, and they've experienced the persecution for their faith. God's refined them. And the Lord has supernaturally connected us with key leaders around the world. They're nation changers because God's given them a vision to bring the gospel, bring transformation. Uh, But that just starts at obedience to Christ. And uh, and again, Russell actually brought up, uh, well, it starts with one person and then it changes a family. And that family then begins to bring transformation to the village and the village to the state, state to the nation. And then we see a culture change. And, and that's our hope. You know, if we really want to even uh, come beside and really stop persecution, what do we have to do? We have to just change the heart of the persecutor. And, and Jesus is the great physician. He's a heart surgeon. He changes a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. And that's why this is just so beautiful, this work we get to do with these leaders who are seeing, uh, you know, transformation uh, across the board as they just simply are faithful in the work and taking risk which is living by a great faith. And those are the kind of people we get behind.
0: So how do you find those people? I mean, you call them a nation changer. How do you go about finding somebody who has the connections, who has the heart to transform an entire nation for the gospel and then get behind them and serve them? What does that look like for you guys?
2: Mark, my confidence in this whole thing is I didn't find him. I could truly say that Mm -hmm. I, every person every leader and there's basically seven key leaders we work with around the world god found them and put them on my path in my life and all the guys i work with i mean we agree with this we try to just go down the path of christ we're just heading towards christ all the time in obedience and trust and faith and then the lord will bring people alongside of us and as i've been serving the lord for many decades now I uh, have had God just direct those paths and grown in that. And and so Russell Stendell, I wasn't looking for Russell Stendell. Uh, God had me go down there many years ago on a trip. I was visiting different leaders. He was one of them. But he and I connected very quickly. And he had a need. He was basically out there on his own in many ways and didn't have representation in the United States and doing a fantastic work. He's the poster child of spirit of martyrdom, certainly. And just his his faith of trusted God and take a daily risk. And and so he immediately became part of the work. And, and and then I could tell a story and maybe with future radio broadcasts, I could tell more detail about each of the leaders that is a part of our network because their lives itself, a testimony is faith building and really exemplifies our heart of networking, having these intimate relationships for very credible and effective work in these difficult and restricted nations.
0: So your heart's really for leaders, for coming alongside yeah. leaders. There's a lot of different kind of uh, missionary works out there, but mm-hmm. specifically you're trying to find the leader that can gather people underneath him, can disciple others, and then push the gospel forward. So why did that become part of your heart for these unreached areas?
2: Well, that's God's heart because every ultimately every disciple is a, a leader, right? Discipleship is leadership. And, uh, and then God gives certain uh, measure of, of leadership for people. So uh, we, we look when we find leaders that are truly clean hearted, uh, that ha- God is gifted in leadership, listening to the Lord, that's called leverage. And when you find those people, that God is using them for great transformation and works in these difficult areas.
0: All right. So there are some people who are listening out there who have heard these stories that we've heard from Russell, that have heard about these leaders who are nation, uh, nation changers. And they're wondering, how can they get involved? How can they get involved with actually supporting those who are risking much for Jesus? And so if somebody wanted to get involved with uh, SOM International, what would be their first step?
2: Well, go to At-Risk Radio, uh, and then there's a place they can sign up for the newsletter, get updates. I mean, we consider all our partners as part of the family. We we want people to respond by the Holy Spirit, uh, what God's speaking to their heart. So the first step is obviously becoming informed, and then they can begin to pray about different things that God's doing and how they want to be involved. There's three ways people can always be involved is prayer, serving. and and giving. And so people just need to connect with us and and see where they fit and um, take a step of faith.
0: Well, to be kept up to date about what God is doing within the church at risk all over the world, as you heard David say, go to atriskradio.com and sign up for the newsletter. Uh, With that newsletter, you'll be getting updates from those who are in the church at risk, people who have been transformed by those who are sharing the gospel in these very high-risk areas. And you'll also learn about some ways that you can give. Uh, You can give Bibles, you can give um, uh, bicycles, uh, you could give uh, sewing machines. There's a number of tools that these uh, church leaders and church planters need in order to help them get the gospel out. I'm Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For
2: more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.